Hello and welcome to the Oxford University Department of Psychiatry podcast series. I'm Emma Palmer-Cooper and today I'm interviewing Professor Phil Burnett. Hello. Hi. So thank you very much for talking to us today. To start off with, can you tell us a bit about the work that you're doing with prebiotics in psychiatry? First, maybe talk about some animal studies we're doing uh, and then go on to, to, to the human studies. So we're looking at these compounds called prebiotics which are essentially nutrients for intrinsic gut bacteria, the gut bacteria that's already present in our gut, the good bacteria. And at the moment what we're doing is looking to see how these prebiotics interact with antipsychotics. Now the main reason for that is that some antipsychotics have unfortunate side effects. They cause weight gain in patients and prebiotics have been shown to prevent weight gain in obese patients and something called metabolic syndrome which which they also have. So we're looking to see if prebiotics might be a useful adjunct for antipsychotics to prevent weight gain in these patients taking second generation antipsychotics. So that's one animal study. We are um, looking at uh, the effect of prebiotics on memory in an animal model of Alzheimer's disease in collaboration with pharmacology. That's still early days yet. And as far as human studies are concerned, we want to translate the antipsychotic prebiotic study to humans. So we're going to look at um, the effect of prebiotics in schizophrenia patients who are taking um, antipsychotics and we're going to monitor their weight and their uh, immune function and so on. And again, this is all based on studies where we and others have shown that prebiotics affect the immune system affect metabolism, makes it more efficient and so on. Another human study we're doing is uh, with children. We're we're looking to see if prebiotic administration affects children's learning abilities at school. And this has really come from our animal studies where we've shown pro-cognitive effects of prebiotics. And those are the main studies we're doing. So when you talk about animal models that you use to investigate this. How, how does that work? Do you give the animals the antipsychotic and see what effects it has and then if the prebiotics can reduce that effect? Yeah, exactly. We, we inject animals with the antipsychotic, which is a standard procedure in drug investigation. And we measure their weight and their behaviour and so on. And some animals will have an injection and the prebiotic. Other animals will have the with the injection and a placebo, something similar to a prebiotic, which is known not to have an active effect on gut bacteria. Can you explain the mechanism behind the prebiotics and the gut bacteria? So yes, that's a good question. There are a couple of proposed mechanisms um, which are currently being investigated. The first is the immune system. It is known that gut bacteria train our immune system from birth and it basically makes us less reactive to um, inflammation, if you like. Um, They sort of protect us. So if we do have an infection, um, they help us fight that infection by perhaps outgrowing the pathogenic bacteria or causing the secretion of anti-inflammatory molecules. Now, as, as, as we saw earlier uh, last year, there is a direct connection between the immune system and the brain. There's a nature paper published about this lymphatic system which allows these uh, immune molecules and cells into the brain. And so we and others are currently looking at how bacteria modulate the immune system and therefore brain function. Another method is the gut hormone and the gut bacteria when they digest the prebiotics, they actually release things called short-chain fatty acids, which stimulate the secretion of 
gut hormones that tell us to stop eating <laughs> when we're full. And now these gut hormones also penetrate higher centres of the brain and they've been shown to have behavioural effects. So those are the two main effects. There are other pathways which are being looked at. There's hardwired pathways such as the vagal nerve connection between the brain and the gut. But we're not looking into that. Other groups are. So you've already mentioned the link between the immune system and brain function. There's a lot of buzz in the literature at the moment about how the immune system is linked specifically to psychiatric symptoms. So do you think that going forward you could use prebiotics to modulate, at least in some cases, psychiatric symptoms as well as metabolic syndrome and things like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've already shown in animals that when we challenge them with an endotoxin which models a bacterial infection, we, we see post-inflammatory anxiety in these animals. And the animals that had taken the prebiotic uh, for a couple of weeks before were resistant to this. So this was really something that, that was predicted and you know, reviews of our work were quite excited that we've already shown this and since then other groups have shown this as well. And it sort of ties in with the theory that there are gut bacteria trains or helps or fortifies our immune system. So yes, I think if there's a psychiatric disorder with an immune component, then prebiotics would be very helpful, yeah. Do you think that prebiotics will replace typical psychiatric medications in the future, or at least in some cases? Uh, Right, yes. I, I always get asked this, and my answer always is, in my opinion, absolutely not, and I don't think they should. Drugs used in in psychiatry, uh, these drugs have their place and a lot of people function well on them. And I don't think that nutritional substances such as prebiotics are as powerful as these specific agents. Now what they could do, they could help patients respond better to medication, so always given with medication, but I don't see them as an alternative and I don't think anyone listening who are um, taking these drugs should, should should think that if they want to take prebiotic probiotics they should consult their psychiatrist um, physician treating them. There's some discussion in the field at the moment about the effect of prebiotics versus probiotics so what's your stance on this? <laughs> yeah that's a good question. Unfortunately a head-to-head comparison of prebiotics and probiotics has not been made so my stance is on the fence. <laughs> I mean certainly the reason why I was interested in prebiotics is because they enhance all the good bacteria in our gut. Probiotics are specific strains that have been manufactured and obviously you can get now multi-strain probiotics so you could argue that they might have limited effects because there's fewer strains. The maximum number of strains I've seen you can buy commercially in one capsule is about 14. Whereas with prebiotics you are amplifying thousands of different species to grow. So arguably you could say prebiotics is better. But there hasn't been a head-to-head comparison so we don't really know. I think it's up to the person. Somebody might actually take prebiotics and feel that it doesn't suit them and if they try probiotics it suits them. It's all about the individual. So something that is yet to be answered. Yeah. What is your academic background and how did it lead you to this area of research in Oxford? Uh, Yes, that's going back. I'm a biochemist by training. I did a BSc in biochemistry, then I did an MSc in neuroscience, neurochemistry more specifically, and then I did a PhD in in the same area. But my first postdoctoral post was really about looking at neurotransmitters. 
specifically the serotonin neurotransmitter and behaviour, the molecular biology and so on. And when I came to Oxford, I came to Oxford on a uh, MRC fellowship, I wanted to look at these neurotransmitters in the schizophrenia brain. So then I started off looking at serotonin receptors in, in schizophrenia post-mortem brain and of course antipsychotics. Since coming here in 92, I've been interested in neurotransmitter receptors, schizophrenia and antipsychotic drug actions. Um, now what got me into this, this uh, microbiome field is that I started to look at the glutamate receptor that's been implicated in schizophrenia, the NMDA receptor, and that's proposed to be hyperfunctioning in schizophrenia. We've been looking at ways to enhance the function of this receptor in schizophrenia using animal models and so on. And one of the ways to do it is to actually directly give a coagonist of this receptor. And one of these coagonists, which is a D-amino acid called D-alanine, is actually a component of the gut bacteria cell wall so all the D-alanine in our bodies and a little bit in our brain comes from gut bacteria. So I thought, well, if we augment our gut bacteria, could we also augment the NMDA receptor function? So I contacted a prebiotic company and we got some money from the BBSRC to look at this. And what we found is that certainly prebiotics did have an effect and did have an effect on the NMDA receptor as we hypothesised, but it actually was nothing to do with the gut <laughs> <laughs> it was, as I said, probably immune system gut hormones. So, so although our prediction that it would affect glutamate system and behaviour was correct, the mediator was absolutely wrong. <laughs> so, so we were halfway there. <laughs> so, so, so that's that's what really got me into this field. It was the link with schizophrenia and, and MDA receptors. Is there anything that you've had to overcome to get to? where you are today or have you experienced any setbacks well i've had many grant <laughs> applications rejected as i suppose i was like academics but i guess that may be the main thing you've certainly come quite a long way so is it just a case of perseverance i think it, yeah yeah perseverance so We've had a new idea where we ask budding academic psychiatrists and psychiatric researchers to ask questions to our professors about their work. So we've had a question from Thomas who says, I'm very concerned about the number of pathogens that can be detected or involved in the microbiota of people with mental disorders. There are a lot of genes in the genome, there are also a lot of organisms in the microbiote. This could lead in the same way to a false positive. The way to avoid that could be to make a very large study with very low statistical significance threshold. Is there any organisation or consortium in this topic that could coordinate such a study? Mm, that's a very good question. The answer is yeah. The short answer is yes. There's actually the Human Microbiome Project, um, which started in 2008, at the National Institutes of Health in, in the USA. And the aim was to sequence the whole human microbiome in health and disease. This this facility allows researchers, there was quite a few now on the microbiome, to, to deposit their data about the microbiome and disease. So if Thomas goes on the website, you see the workshops, there's information about this. And it's exactly to address um, that question. So if, uh, I think quite soon perhaps and perhaps in the 10 years or so there will be information out there about several psychiatric diseases and microbiome composition okay that's great thank you very much for speaking to us today <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you.